Hello and welcome to Clarity On. My name is Louise Chalice. I'm the Operations Manager here at Clarity and I'm a member of the team responsible for making sure that everything goes smoothly behind the scenes. Today I'm joined by our founder and CEO, Angus Jones. I'm Angus Jones and I'm the Chief Exec and founder of Clarity. I work both in the organisation of the business but also as a practitioning advisor. Today, we're going to be discussing why individuals should seek independent financial advice. This is clarity on the need for an IFA. Clarity On is brought to you by Clarity, experts in strategic financial planning and investment management. With over 25 years of experience in the field, our award-winning team are well-positioned to help people navigate the complex world of finance. So, Angus, when I was in my 20s and even in my early 30s, I didn't give financial advice a thought. It was only when I took on more responsibilities and earned a bit more money that I realised I might need some financial guidance. When should we begin to plan our financial futures? Well, that's a very good question. Um, Essentially, we find that there are two different brackets in which people uh, suggest that advice is needed. One, One is when you're sitting down when you have time or the inclination to undergo a full general health check. Unfortunately, not a lot of people get around to this unless there's the other stream, which is a catalyst of some description, some form of catalyst that causes you to think about your finances. A friend of mine recently went through a divorce and realised then that she needed financial advice. It was a huge wake-up call for her. Could you take us through some examples of other catalysts that might be making people seek financial advice? Well, that's a very good one, actually, and a very sad one, clearly, but this day and age, um, quite common. And divorce is often fantastic time from a flood of information, um, a, a fantastic time to take stock of what you've got. Unfortunately, the event provokes that, but you get a situation where probably one person in that relationship is more a driver of the finances than the other, but both of them need to become an expert at that time uh, or seek the help of an expert. Uh, So that's a very good catalyst that you mentioned, but there are lots of others. I mean, you might have a situation where someone's simply changing job. A lot of things to think about there. Um, You might be looking forward very far in some cases, but to retirement, you know, can I afford to get there? Um, Can I retire a couple of years early? There's lots of questions that surround the retirement uh, situation. But it could be uh, um, you've got married and and now you're thinking of maybe uh, expanding your family and all sorts of financial and protection um, questions come up there. Other ones could be inheritance. You know, your auntie Flo may die and leave you a few thousand pounds. Doesn't matter how big or small that amount is. It's it's really important to think about what to do with it. So so those are some examples. It's not the complete list, but at least there's some examples there. Given those reasons, it sounds to me as though it's not just for the very wealthy. Everyone should have a financial plan and be able to keep track of their income versus expenditure, assets and liabilities, etc. I think that's a a really important point, um, that it's not just for the uh, wealthy. Um, Some of those examples and catalysts I gave there um, 
are for everyone um, during virtually every stage of their life um, where there might be some form of change. And sometimes a few of those catalyst examples that I gave you uh, form to become a, a, a cohesive unit. And that's when people search out this, this general health check uh, uh, that we recommend people do. Uh, a lot of people service their car every year uh, because they're obliged to do so, but they don't look at themselves uh, in terms of their financial integrity and, and the decisions they've got to make and make sure they're on track. Uh, which is so important to do. It's very interesting. Um, I was looking at the Citizens Advice website recently, and that states that there are two types of advisors, independent and restricted. Could you explain the differences between the two? Yes, and it's a really important thing to grasp. Um, there are these two styles of advice that can, can be given. One is independent, and as, as the name implies, that's the fullest possible scope. You're not tied to any organization, uh, be that insurance company, investment company, or any other company that might have particular products or particular angles in terms of what they might promote to you. Then you have the other body of people um, who are restricted advisors, and they are, in a sense, um, the opposite of that. They can't promote the investments and insurance products from the full market they can only uh, promote the ones that are in their approved list. And they have to go through a process of actually explaining that to you uh, before any work is done, because clearly you're not looking at the full market. Uh, the um, Citizens Advice page uh, that you mentioned um, advises that where possible, you should seek independent advice, which is uh, the foundation of, of clarity and, and what we do. And what about qualifications? Uh, the same website actually um, specifies exactly what you should be thinking about, and it's in industry terminology, um, but it's important to ask your advisor, and the website suggests you shouldn't be shy in doing so, because it's really important to know who's in front of you. Um, and you should make sure that they have level four qualification or above. Now, that won't necessarily mean anything to you in asking, but it will mean... Um, very clearly that you know what you're talking about to the advisor and uh, to make sure that there are a certain level of uh, education in their subject um, clearly to be able to advise you. Um, you want to make sure they're registered with the FCA as well, which you can do so by checking on the FCA website uh, against their name. And you can also ask for their statement of professional standing, uh, SBS as it's called. If you like, that's the practicing certificate. Are they current? Uh, if the answer to that is yes, then the FCA will give them an SPS, this Statement of Professional Standing, for the year in question. So it just says, are they current in their knowledge? Um, so those three things are really quite important. Um, I know that our advisors are all highly qualified. Most of them, in fact, all of them are charters and some of them are fellows. You yourself are chartered, aren't you, Angus? Um, but I think we're fairly unique in that it's not just our advisors who are highly qualified. All our para planners, our technicians who work with the advisors, have a minimum of a diploma in regulated financial planning. That's the level four you were talking about. Um, and they undergo continuous professional development to maintain their qualifications and keep their knowledge up to date. I think that's important. Um, I mean, our business is based on uh, a technical understanding and um, it, it, it depends what you're after. If you're just after a simple steer and you 
basically think you know all uh, the, the, the main items that you need to um, uh, consider in that planning route, then you can approach a number of firms. But if you really are uh, seeking advice at a, a technical level uh, on the right course of action, then you need people who know what they're talking about. You know, as you would if you went to a lawyer, an accountant, you went to a doctor, you would expect them to be qualified in the area in which you're asking them questions. And, you know, as to the actual numbers who do go out there and ask for advice, uh, there's a surprising statistic from the FCA, uh, who did a survey not too long ago, is that only 8% of all UK adults have actually sought advice from an advisor. I imagine there's a huge body of people who actually need uh, to take advice. So, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there who haven't yet asked, possibly because they don't know how to approach it. That's slightly concerning, isn't it? So um, once somebody has acknowledged the fact they need financial advice, how does the advice process work? Well, actually, um, if you looked on our website, clarityglobal.com, you would see our brochure. And in that brochure, you will find a five-point cycle, which is effectively a summary of how we go about it. And we divide that into these five elements. Uh, First, there's a consultation piece. So we sit down, we talk to you. We inevitably have to ask you questions. Um, We inevitably have to draw information. Um, But we do that in a two-way process. We then go through a process of analysis. So you've given us data, we've You've given us parameters about your questions uh, and aspirations and savings goals and so on. And you've given us very clear indication what you have already in terms of investments and protection policies. Uh, We then go through this analysis, um, which is phase two, before we can go to phase three, which is the advice itself. Uh, In that advice, um, we would actually be very specific about what we think you should do next. Uh, with the deliberations that you're um, considering. After that, we presented the advice. Stage four is action. We need to do something. And this is where a lot of people fall down. They go through to this point of advice, have some fantastic ideas on the table, but life overtakes, young family, whatever it may be, busy lives, and they don't get through to the actual um, action button. Uh, it's really, really important if you bother to go that far to to start to do things. Um, so now let's imagine we've we've done that. The four steps. Uh, the fifth step is another one that's missed quite a lot, and that is reviewing what you have done. So don't just make this um, a singular event. Let's try and make it a process that uh, is embedded in how you think in your annual thought processes. Um, and review of what you've done and thinking again, uh, because everything changes, you know, legislation changes, you're one year older, a year later, you know, family growing up, different decisions. And uh, it's really important to uh, uh, adjust things as you move along. So that presumably is why we split our device into two distinct types of service, strategic advice and investment management. Could you just take us through the slight nuances there? What's the difference? Yes, uh, we divide our services into that because it's very logical from a planning point of view to do so. And uh, we try and make it clear for our clients. Um, And we we would encourage anyone going out there. Sometimes um, people put those two services together, but in in your mind's eye, you've got to think them as as two elements. 
so going back to my uh, five-step process, uh, the strategic advice is that consultation, analysis, and advice process. When you get into action, that fourth element, some of that action might be to invest some funds in various legal pockets. That could be within a pension plan, within an ISA, or it could be a general investment account, uh, could be some cash ISAs that you've got with a bank or building society. If we're pressing a button and saying, actually, I want to manage those investments now, and I'd like to delegate that to a third party, clearly in our case, that would be us, Clarity, um, then that's when our investment management service would take over. And we have a series of services in there to help manage that effectively, to help you get to the the goals that you've set yourself and we've helped set for you. Um, so the strategic advice is the thinking, the analysis, um, the offering of advice and proposed actions. Um, and the investment management is where some of those actions involve money to be invested, then then that's the service in which it sits. And presumably that's where our cash funding, cash flow planning tool comes in as well, which helps people again, plan their financial futures? Yes, the cash flow modelling or wealth plan, as, as we term it, uh, that's our branding around that, is, is exactly that. It's, it's saying, where am I now? What have I got now? And that is um, lump sums and income. You know, you, if you're looking at a business, you look at its balance sheet and its profit and loss. We do exactly the same with an individual. What is your balance sheet? Your balance sheet might be the cash in the bank, your ISAs, uh, it might be your equity and your property, and so on. Uh, so that's your balance sheet. What's my net worth effectively? What money do I have? And then the profit and loss is a saying, well, if I earn X each year, but I spend a different amount and I can save, let's say, 500 pounds a month. Well, I'm making a profit, if you like, of 500 pounds a month. Where should I best place that profit against these existing assets or other assets? for me to build my total, get my balance sheet as large as I possibly can so I can retire. That's broadly the uh, um, the process that most people want to go through. I'm looking forward to it, Angus. Um, I think that really explains why individuals should seek independent financial advice. Thank you. So thank you for listening. Um, if you'd like to know more about how we work, check out our social media, Instagram, Threads, X, and LinkedIn. We look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>